Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. This is your host, Jenny Wise, and I am joined this week again by Mark Johnson. Hi, Mark. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for doing a part two to after last week's episode. As a reminder to listeners, or for those of you who missed last week, on last week's episode, we talked about the future back innovation process, which Mark explains in his recently published book, Lead from the Future. It's a huge topic. So after you talk about the process, we wanted to talk more about you know, how can you actually implement some of these changes and how can you get executives on board with the strategy as well as the ideas that result from it? So, Mark, thank you so much for joining for part two to help answer that huge topic for us. Sure thing. It's, uh, it's great to be back. So let's dive right in. You've done some future back thinking. You've come up with this future state narrative, which is really aspirational and helps your company identify future opportunities or right find ways to combat future threats, whatever it may be. But then what? Right, Because I know that a lot of the companies that we speak with who want to innovate have a really hard time actually bringing ideas through to fruition. And that's because there can be a lot of forces which can hinder innovation efforts. So I'd love to hear from you. Why do you think that innovating can actually be so difficult in organizations? Well, I mean, this is a topic near and dear to my heart, Jenny, because in, in fact, the other reason we developed FutureBack was recognizing without this strategic lens, this vision and strategy lens, you know, and done in the right way, we kept seeing these breakthrough innovation efforts that really struggled. You know, we sort of laid out, I think, four kind of common failure modes of transformative innovations, especially in large organizations. One is they tended to get funded late. You know, they just sort of would drag their heels on doing something. You know, in the early days of personal computers, uh, digital equipment corporation took a very long time to ever really make any serious investment into personal computers. So one is too late. The other is too few resources. You know, they're willing to allocate, but they don't allocate enough and at the right time. There's an impatience for these efforts. You know, either the thing starts to show real promise and everybody wants to accelerate the effort because they want it to be contributing to financial growth, which then affects sort of the learning ability, or things don't go as well as planned. And, you know, before even kind of evaluating, you know, is there a ability to pivot, these things can get canned, you know, or pulled the plug on, especially if there's any challenges. And that kind of gets to the last one is we see all the time just a competition from the core. If there's any kind of challenges in the core, or just any kind of diverted needs of efforts, it's usually these transformative growth breakthrough innovation efforts that are first to get pulled the plug. So step one of this is why we talked last time about why it's so important to kind of go out to the future, develop a compelling, inspiring, and practical vision as a way to overcome, you know, some of these problems of the pull of the present, you know, that there's just so much that we want to try to get done in the here and now with core business efforts. And, you know, we're biased towards the short term and we've got incentives that sort of reinforce that. 
we need this vision as a first step to be able to get us past the here and now and to say there's something in the future that we need to be targeting. And then through strategy effort, work that way back to what is it that we need to prioritize in terms of initiatives with associated investment. And then finally, you know, how do you program and implement that the right way that we can talk through on this show? Great. Yeah, and because there are so many pieces that have to come together, right, as you just outlined, from coming up with the right strategy to then getting all the resources and, and funding involved. And then, you know, also what you touched on here was is the sort of inertia, right? Continuing that innovation inertia when people become impatient, right? Or when, you know, you are working on something that will not bring in sort of really tangible results for the next few years, or that competition from the core is going to demand the resources instead. So thinking about how you keep that inertia going, are there some best practices that companies should implement or plan to work into this process? Absolutely. Well, I think first and foremost is, and this again ties to this process of future back at a leadership team level, is we have to think about innovation work as following a parallel track, which means you have the innovation team doing what they're doing, but that's insufficient. You know, mm -hmm. in parallel with the innovation team's process, the leadership team needs to be, or some subset of it needs to be right there moving along at appropriate level to be in parallel working along this process of being able to see the unfolding of the future, of the vision of the future, whether that's enterprise or specific to a major opportunity like disease, world without disease, that these teams have the sponsorship and the alignment and the commitment behind them that comes from being immersed at the right level in the process. So you want to have leadership teams in parallel, then you also want to think about them using the right process. So they need to be thinking that this is going to be something that follows like a incubation, acceleration, development, that understandably, that's not going to be something that happens in the short term for breakthrough growth. The markets are going to need to be discovered. They're going to need to be incubated and shaped before you can get to scale. So if you can bring the proper role of the leadership team in terms of its governance and its participation in the process, innovation teams that are modeled in the right way in terms of their teams and talent and then separated out, as we talked about on the last show, and then they follow this right process together to focus as much on learning and discovery and the testing of assumptions as it is about, you know, sort of collecting facts and data and driving financially based decisions. You have to change the mindset of that. If you think about it in those dimensions, then you're set up for success to be able to move these breakthrough innovation growth initiatives through a process in the right way. And mm -hmm. thinking about that sort of leadership team being involved and coming along right across the process, even if they aren't the ones doing the day-to-day -day work, right? They're sort of an innovation team or employees yep. who are, are dedicating their full-time to this effort, or maybe they're full-time, right? It might be, you know, 10% of their, of their time, depending on the, the company and their resource allocation. But how do they get that executive leadership involved? Right, because sometimes there's going to be organizations where maybe they're just not involved, right? They don't want to be involved or They'd rather get, you know, a readout than come along in the process and have that sort of deeper involvement. Have you yeah. ever seen that happen? Or is there any advice or recommendation of the cadence at which 
these innovation teams need to engage the leadership or how you can realize if maybe there is not enough of a relationship there and it needs to be fixed? Well, you made a really great point there, Jenny, to start, which is, and this kind of goes back to why you have to bring these disciplines of innovation and vision and strategy together. Because the first step of this is really, what's the reason for the breakthrough innovation effort in the first place? And if there's not a leadership team alignment as to why we're doing this breakthrough innovation effort, Mm. you know, in terms of how does that fit within the vision and strategy? That's the first part of breakdown, right? Because there may be one person who's passionate on the leadership team and said, oh, this is great. But there are a whole host of others who they may not say anything, but their assumptions underneath are this is a waste of time or we don't need this or it's too high risk or our core business is more important. So that's why so often, you know, to any of these breakthrough growth efforts, it's ideal to start with the division or the enterprise or the major business unit having this future back view of vision and strategy by which you then say, in order to achieve it, we need some of these types of major breakthrough innovation efforts. That's the first step, you know, to be able to get that connection with the innovation teams. The second step then is to decide how do you engage with these teams. You know, a number of our clients have used what we call a growth boards or new growth boards or councils that have a subset of the executive leadership team, which, you know, sort of oversees either an individual breakthrough growth venture or a set of them. And, you know, it sort of develops a cadence at the right level of being able to oversee the progress of these breakthrough innovation efforts, which again, should be in keeping with what leadership teams already have aligned on is the you know, the key major initiatives that are important in order to support the enterprise for the long term. Mm -hmm. Great. And so it's making sure that you have this sponsorship from the very beginning (laughs) at every single step as they go through the process. And, you know, it's really important to make sure that they don't lose touch with what is being done and that buy-in, because as soon as that happens, there's this opportunity for this breakdown. Exactly. In fact, you know, it's interesting. We had a CEO summit a few years back and the founder and CEO of Panera Bread, he got up at one point and he said, you know, I look at myself as the innovator in chief. Mm. You know, this is not something I can delegate or my team can delegate to a chief innovation officer and just say, go off and make this happen. Because top teams own the decision around how to allocate resources, they have to be involved. And we can talk about what that really means, you know, to your point about how they're leveraged. But if it's all delegated off to a team or to a chief innovation officer and their team, we have all these years, we find it just never works because ultimately it's about competition for scarce resources. If you don't have this vision and view about how these things fit in and have explicitly fleshed out with leadership teams assumptions that support why you're doing these breakthrough innovation efforts in the first place, they're going to ultimately break down for one of the reasons that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So Mark, so you touched on in that answer a little bit into getting into the management of this, right? As it continues going forward, is the leadership involved in it? Are they behind the vision of it? But then also, is it going to continually get the resources and attention and priorities that it needs to as being you know, perceived as company critical? So when companies are thinking about how they actually manage this going forward, are there any best practices for that manager in making sure that the effort gets that attention and alignment and sort of stewardship from leadership? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Jenny. I mean, I think the manager, you know, if you will, of say an innovation effort 
needs to recognize the proactivity that he or she needs to take to make sure that the cadence of involvement is at the right amount and in the right way to make sure, as you think about this as a process, not an event, that things can continue to move forward in the right support. So if, for example, there'd be some cases where it's about the need for approval at the next step of a effort. The other could be engaging in specific problem solving to make sure that the way the team is thinking about things aligns with the way you know senior sponsorship needs to make it and a lot of it also has to do with just making sure that you bring in all of the experience the strategic experience the business judgment that i think comes from the growth board and the senior leadership so being able to be proactive about it and not just assume uh, you know they're just going to be oversight it's really taking that initiative and saying that the innovation team has to really own the process once you're moving a breakthrough initiative forward but they got to own it but then they need to pull in the needed resources, including the senior ones at the right level to make it happen. So what we've seen is communications and initiatives as attributes that I think really bring back to this point that it's all about the need for rapid learning and getting that learning from multiple different places. If you're very focused on being humble about things and seeking guidance when you need it, that you're much better off than trying to just sort of do it on your own or assume that the governance is going to happen when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I also love that you just said being humble, because I think that's something that's so important for anyone undergoing an innovation effort, right? All the way back to the beginning, which you talked about in last week's episode of challenging assumptions, right? And being willing to sort of stray from the core and what you are doing today requires a degree of being humble, right? About what the future may look like and what may happen and change. And also that continues through all the way to the end as you're, you're managing this going forward. Oh, completely. I would say, you know, one of the learnings we've had over the last 20 years is that if you thought about both the leadership team and an innovation team, a breakthrough innovation team, really driving something breakthrough or of a major change, the key to that change is the innovation that enables that. And the key behind that innovation is the learning in the process of learning, because that's so much about what it is, is these things aren't a priori known, they have to be discovered. And the key behind the learning is the humility. You know, I talk about Satya Nadella of the CEO of Microsoft coming in to really, as he called, hit refresh with Microsoft. And the key thing he did was to say, we need to move from a culture of know-it-alls to a culture of learn-it-alls. And I think that is really key part and parcel to all of this is this journey goes with senior teams and innovation teams. If they're focused on being humble and focused on the process of learning, that's going to drive the greatest potential for their success. And as we think about the crisis and, you know, just in general, a lot of the challenges that can face companies in how their industries can be transformed, the ones that come out the other side of it in their industries successful are the ones, in our view, that learn the fastest and are able to make those adjustments to be able to properly anticipate how the future is going to change. Yeah, absolutely. That is such great advice, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. I would love to talk to you more. I will not force sure. you to do a part three and part four episode <laughs> yet, maybe in the future. Listeners, if you're interested to learn more on this topic, check out the show notes and also episode description, which has the name of Mark's book, Lead from the Future. Thank you so much for joining and talk to you next week. 